0: Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to Voices from the Bench episode, believe it or not, number 12.
1: One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven,
0: twelve. My name is Elvis Daw from Summer Dental Laboratories in Zionsville, Indiana.
2: Hi guys, I'm Barbara Wogen, Night Dental Group, Oldsmart, Florida. Can you believe it? Episode number 12. Episode 12 and we're still here. We're still getting along and I think we're getting a little smoother in our old age.
0: Yeah, I think we're doing pretty good.
2: So today we're back to the roundtable
0: episodes and I tried to bring back the original group that participated in the first roundtable about hiring. But unfortunately, Jeff Strunk was unavailable at the last minute because he had more important things to do, unfortunately, Uh, like run a lab, believe it or not. So again, we are joined by some great individuals from different size labs from different areas of the country. So today's topic of the roundtable is advertising and getting new clients. A lot of what to do and a lot of what not to do is covered.
2: All right. I had to duck out because I was actually like in the first two minutes and then I had an employee issue. So this one's all you, Elvis. All right. Part one of the roundtable on advertising. Enjoy.
0: King Arthur had his night's. Captain America has his Avengers, and dentists have their laboratories. These unique individuals have gathered together to entertain and enlighten all who dare to sit down at the roundtable and listen to the voices from the bench. I welcome back to the roundtable most of the group from the first roundtable that we did for Voices from the Bench. Uh, Let's go through and introduce everybody real quick. Martha Martin from uh north carolina
1: how are you i'm doing great
0: excellent thanks for joining us again i got a lot of good comments on your accent from the last time you were on so
1: okay now i'm terrified don't
0: be terrified they were super positive super positive (laughs) (laughs)
1: okay good steve
0: killian joins us from the beginning this time uh steve killian how are you sir
3: hey elvis thanks for having me again
0: absolutely glad you could be back Glad you could be back. Heather Voss, CDT, how are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you for asking. Now, wait a minute. Steve Killian, you're CDT too, right? I certainly am. Yeah, since 1980. I feel terrible. I feel terrible. Let me do you again. Steve Killian, CDT, (laughs) how are you, sir?
3: I'm awesome. Thanks, Elvis, for remembering. I appreciate that.
0: And I apologize. Go back to Heather, CDT. How are you? (laughs) Still fantastic. Excellent. Excellent. Who's remoting in from home today. So she's luckier than
3: all of us put together. Yeah. I bet she's got her bunny slippers on, though. (laughs) What do you bet?
2: Something tells me she's working from home. I know how that goes. Nice.
3: (laughs) With bunny slippers.
2: (laughs) Don't tell anybody.
4: (laughs) Oh boy, let's not paint that picture real Is this gonna be edited? I hope. Oh
3: <laughs> yes it
0: will. So Heather's working on being the most episode guest. So congratulations. We're happy to have you as a regular. So thanks for joining us again.
4: Tell you, you can like cut me at any time. I'm sure people are sick of hearing my voice. Unlike Martha, who's got a beautiful radio voice. <laughs>
1: I'm speechless. Don't know what to say about that. Terrified.
3: <laughs> the accent. You're never gonna get rid of it, girl. We love it. Don't ever get rid of it.
1: You have to go with it.
3: Don't move north. (laughs) Okay.
0: So today's roundtable is going to be about how we advertise our lab, how we go about getting new clients. You know, I've always heard the saying, it's easier to keep the clients you have than to get new ones. But lo and behold, we always have to look for new business somewhere. So I'm curious to hear what some of you use or do to find new business. Martha, how do you go about getting new business in?
1: There are so many ways that we utilize. I've been working on our marketing program for years, and I'm always introducing new things, trying new avenues, things that I read about or hear about. But for us, it's not just one thing. Social media, I mean, we do Facebook, LinkedIn, we're now doing Instagram. And we try to stay very consistent with what we do. I think that's a very key point of your marketing. Be consistent and know what your brand is. Consistently also use your logo and the color schemes that you want to. If you change it up too much, people are going to lose interest. They need to know when they see it that it's you. You know, or try a dental studio. We do targeted email blasts. We do direct mailers. We do promotions. Like a monthly campaign, I change it up. We'll look at three months. And so, for one month, I might have a campaign on zirconia. The next month, it might be on lithium desilicate. The next month, it might be something removables or night guards. But whatever I do for that month, we hit it in all of our social media avenues LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, multiple times, direct mailers. Statement stuffers.
0: How do you choose what you're going to feature every time?
1: Well, I study some of our journals that we get and what's hot. I also look at what my sales are in areas that I would like to increase. I look at what is strong because I may want to increase in that area. I also look at the areas, like I said, that are weak, you know, where I want to add more sales or what I know that we've got a good profit margin at, and that's where I want to add more sales. That
0: makes sense. I
1: do some background studying before we ever discuss it in our marketing meeting as to what products we want to focus on. And like I say, we just use multiple avenues. And one thing with sales, and I read this several years ago, and this is so true. This was printed, I think, in one of our trade magazines from the National Sales Executive Association. 80% of sales are made on the 5th to the 12th contact. Whoa. If you're contacting someone one time, that's pretty likely you're not going to get a sale. And those contacts do not have to be the same type of contact. It needs to be multiple avenues because we all Mm -hmm. take in information differently. Some people love social media. Some people hate it. Some people actually like a direct mailer. If it's a direct mailer, it better look good because it's going to end up in file 13. But there's multiple things. So not to take up other people's times. I'm just, I'm really into you've got to spread your wings out, do a lot of different avenues and continue to hit the market. You can't do just one or two things. And by the way, cold calling is my least favorite.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I agree with you a lot on diversity, but I'd like to touch upon some of the different ways that you go about it. But let's hear from Steve.
3: Well, County Dental Ceramics Incorporated uh, from the beginning was just word of mouth. We were a small lab and we just focused on our quality and we figured we would grow that way. And we did when we were a two-person lab. Back to the point where we were so big, we just had to, we had to outgrow our facility and and had to move uh, just to maintain ourselves. So that, that was an easy time. And when I needed business at that time, I would simply call up a client, uh, one of my best clients, and, and ask for a referral. And, and that worked right. After one or two phone calls, I'd have new business, all that I wanted uh, for the, the expansion that we would plan. But, you know, it's a brave new world that doesn't work quite the way it did back then anymore. And so as a 30-person laboratory, uh, we do, this is Martha does, we do email blasts uh, every two weeks. Uh, we have a study club that meets here at the laboratory about eight times a year. We have Peter Peasy and he comes in and helps train us here. And we, we put that on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we have Facebook Instagram posts about three times a week at a most opportune time uh, for people to, to see and view that and just like Martha you know she's she knows it takes five to twelve times we've always believed in the the seven seven time contact rule you know it takes you got to see something seven times before you recognize it as something that you know uh, begins to really be ingrained into your your mind and as and, um, the first thing on your your list is as when you're going to change laboratories. So so we uh, we feel that getting our clients and our prospects on this mailing list, our emailing list, and a, and a snail mail list. We do less and less snail mail, but we will do U.S. US of Service mailings occasionally, but very few. But uh, more and more we're using email blasts. And and so that's that is a big deal. And our subject matter is what's important in those email blasts. You can't just be throwing out, you know, offers of, you know, buy me or here's a discount coupon. You really, uh, from what we understand, what we believe, we really need to put out something that's educational. And there might be something in that education that is also an opportunity to save money or think differently about how you prescribe or use implants. Uh, we have some technical articles about how you, you can get an implant a crown from us without any implant charges if you do the right um, if you, you place the, the solid abutment or the custom abutment yourself and do minimal preparation, you can return that that abutment to us and we'll use that as the master die. and there's no implant charges whatsoever. So there's a tech article we put out about that. Um, and we recirculate those best technical articles because, you know, these emails get opened up maybe 20%. If you get 20% open rate, you're doing really well with emailing. So that's why we do so much of it. It works really well, but the study club is also an important aspect. That's part of the seven contact rule, or what Martha said, the five to twelve contact rule. Uh, and it's it, you have to be doing it all, and you need to be going to get getting getting education with other doctors. So um, several of us get out to other study clubs. Uh, and here in Orange County, we have the Orange County Aca- Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry. That's an opportunity for us to meet with other doctors who are like-minded and working on maybe their accreditation with the uh, the AACD. Uh, one of our techs is working on his right now accreditation, just like Barbara. Good luck with that. Yeah, good luck with that, Barbara. <laughs> you are accredited.
0: So much fun. Uh huh. Uh-huh.
3: Yeah. He's having fun with it. So, something I never pursued and uh, should have, but now I'm. It's too late in life for me. I'm, I've lost interest. But, uh, but Barbara, I always admire you because you went and did it, girl. You're awesome. Nice. Yeah, appreciate it. So, and that's that's huge marketing in itself. Getting those accreditations. Now uh, we just had um, something more that we do that's we feel is part of advertising and, and retaining and getting clients as being a certified dental laboratory. We are certified. That says something about the level of quality in your business practices and your manufacturing, just just in that alone. And also, if you have CDTs in your laboratory. So that we we put in our logos and tell our doctors. And, of course, we promote uh, the foundation here and all that goes along with what's in your mouth uh, promotion with the NADL, which focuses on uh, certified dental technicians and certified dental laboratories. So all of that, that's all part of the seven contact rule, having all of those pieces and parts together to help promote yourself. Uh, and it's, it's such an important part. You know, I, every part is important. And, and we don't always track. And here's probably our weakest thing. We're uh, at tracking how, does, how do new clients come to you tracking your advertising and and so we're getting better at asking new clients how did you come to us yep. you know who, who can we thank for referring you to us and oftentimes they will say uh most yeah. recently uh we're at a noble procera partner laboratory and uh, one of the doctors went on the website and said hey well, i found you on the website and i went wow that's a first that's awesome great so being uh, a certified in systems such as Noble Procera or an encode impaired laboratory or CEREC in-lab, Connect certified laboratory, all of those things you appear on lists list that doctors eventually will see. And, again, it's part of the seven-contact rule. You'd be lucky, as we did with this one doctor who said, oh, I found you on Procera, you know, on the Noble Procera website. like, wow, one time, one hit, and we got a client.
0: Oh, yeah. We've been on there for years. I've never had anyone never had me found us on yeah. there. No. <laughs> That's amazing.
3: But it's, it's you know, you never know. So you need to be everywhere and doing everything in this you know, in this highly competitive world in which we, we all work. Absolutely. Thank
2: you, Steve. So I'm curious, Heather, I know your lab's growing and, um, you know, you started small and you're growing now. So how does... Uh, How do you approach it? What do you do? I know you're by Ivaclar. You've got some schools around you, study clubs. I know you've been out uh, to COIS. So what's your approach?
4: Yeah, it's been interesting for me because, you know, this is my first small lab experience. You know, I've always been from a larger laboratory and so very comfortable in that, in, you know, in those activities because they are much different than a small laboratory as I'm finding out. And especially the kind of niche that I fill in being that more you know complex cases you know a lot of anterior cases a lot of implant cases a lot of you know functional correction issues and that's a really select kind of group so you tend to have to market to that a little bit differently than you would to the larger market right and i what I've, and i'm still kind of working this out you know 3 years in you know i had a really great core base of customers to start with um, but, you know, there's attrition, you know, those doctors tend to be a little bit older, because it takes a lot to amass that amount of expertise and education. Yeah. Um, so for me, where I'm really kind of starting to see some traction is definitely in the study clubs. Uh, I'm involved in a spare study club and in an, uh, just a local implant study club. Um I do, uh, I'll do some speaking, you know, on specific topics, if there's a material that um, a study club wants to hear about, or maybe it's shade taking, or maybe it's photography or something like that. You know, I can do, um, you know, presentations at local study clubs for that. Um, Also, like you said earlier, Barb, you know, COIS has been um, a good foundation for me, and I'm I'm working my way through that continuum. Um, But again, too, like, Just learning with these doctors that are trying to, uh, you know, attain a different level of, of dentistry and need someone they can partner with to help kind of achieve that. Um, You know, I'm also Pinky and Dawson trained. I'm LVI certified, um, so that helps me kind of hit a lot of different niches in the occlusal philosophy area. And um, for me, it's really again, it's referrals too. Like, so if you've got a great relationship, you know, I work with a really great dentist in Albany who's kind of a a well-respected sphere of influence, you know, he's referred to me to four other doctors, um, because, you know, he has a very specific skill set. He's got a reputation, you know, everyone wants to know who he's using. So it's a great kind of way to feed off that and funnel some opportunities there as well too.
2: Awesome.
4: Cause even though I'm growing a little bit, I still want to grow in that same niche. Oh, um, yeah. definitely. I definitely, yeah, I definitely want to still kind of meet those very specific kind of dentists that fill that, that niche. And, um, it's taken a little bit more digging and research and selective kind of participation to figure out how to get the most return on investment for that.
2: But you're growing, so obviously it's working.
4: Slow but steady, kids.
2: Yep. Yep. Do you do any
0: email blast or social media or any of that? I
4: do. Um, I have a blog site, um, and kind of like what Steve talked about, I find education being a much more effective method because you know when you get to a certain price point, you know discounting just kind of um, cheapens the overall perspective of what you're doing. So for me, I want to bring value by you know helping them save some chair time or giving them a tip and technique about a material or a, maybe a bonding process or a new product or something like that. Um, so yeah, and I use constant contact. I have a template form. I send out um, one email a month to a, a mailing list. Right. Awesome. So I don't do any direct mail. And like Martha, I do zero cold calling.
3: Oh, it scares me. I hate it. Yeah. Who would ever do that anymore? It doesn't work. It's a waste of time.
4: Yeah. Cause I, I think it's the same. It's like, you know, doing others as you would have done on you. I hate when people just stop in my lab for a cold call and I know that it's not intentionally meant to be, you know, disruptive, but it's incredibly disruptive, right? And in my lab, you can walk right in and have instant access. So I don't even have like a a gatekeeper that can, you know, filter through, you know, who gets to see and who doesn't get to see me. So I can't even imagine, you know, the sheer volume. And I, you know, that's not what I want associated with the experience with with my lab.
3: Heather, I want to say something. I want to respond to that because I have... I've f- experienced and feel the same way as you, but I have found more recently that those salespeople, although they're a pain in the rear to, you know, be interrupted by them, they also get the word out about your quality of lab. True. Business, as you develop That's a good them, point. That you're free salespeople in the field. And I have to keep telling myself that because I, you know, if they come in, I need to build the relationship with them because they are a potential salesperson for me, for us.
4: I might be a little spoiled that way, Steve, because I've been in this area a long time. um, And I've grown up with a lot of these reps. So I know most of the reps that I have those relationships with already. It's even for me, the person who's coming in to try to sell internet service or, you know, I just think of any disruption or anyone who's doing any kind of cold calling. I know that that's just something I personally don't like. And I probably... (laughs) You know, don't do that either. Yes. But I totally agree with you. You know, having a solid absolutely. relationship with some of your key reps in your market. And, I, and that's a great point because I know there's a few that, you know, I know that will refer me when they have a customer that says, hey, I'm looking for someone who can do this. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, that's invaluable. You're absolutely
1: right.
2: And that's the largest, the biggest compliment too. We have a referral program here. And I mean, anybody that'll refer your lab that knows you, that knows what you offer, your skill level, the communication and all of everything that goes into that. I mean, that's, you know, that's the biggest compliment. So good job, guys.
0: Does anybody offer a discount or some sort of program where they compensate the doctor that referred somebody to you?
4: I don't have a discount but i definitely have a you know i'll send a thank you gift for sure and a handwritten card
3: thank you thank you yeah. gift flowers food handwritten card yes
0: Checking, gots, whatever. <laughs> yep, we do the same thing so i'm interested to see what sort of feedback people are getting from facebook martha and steve i know i see you guys posting on facebook quite often And years ago, I really tried to push summer on Facebook to the point where I was trying to post at least four times a week. I got nowhere. I got nothing. I even tried to do their paid advertising and people wouldn't like them, but they were obviously nowhere near the dental field other than they might look like they need dental work. (laughs) I think they got paid to like. So I really got no doctors out of it. Are you guys seeing a lot of clients come in off of facebook a lot of reaction from doctors
1: no no No. but i tell you what you get we get the hygienist and the assistants interesting the reason we do is because we give laboratory tours every spring and every fall to for the local community colleges for the hygiene class and the assisting class so we have three in the fall, three in the summer.
3: Nice.
1: We always end the tours about two and a half hours going through the lab. Um, the students go through every department, talk to the technicians, and then we end up in our break room and just have a general question and answer um, session with Matna and, and then we ask them to like our Facebook and then just like, this is how this works for us. I don't look for doctors, but I do look for, like I say, the assistants. So there's staff that's supporting them. They've been to our lab. We were just at the North Carolina Dental Society meeting last weekend. I honestly feel like our booth was the busiest booth in the whole room. Good for you. Our existing doctors coming by, it was hygienic. It was assistants that had been in our lab, and they stopped by and said, we have been to your lab.
0: That's right. And then
1: they're telling their doctors, we have been to this lab. You need to come see this lab. <laughs> so, you know, you have to think about who your audience is going to be. Maybe it's not going to be a doctor, but it could be their staff. And sometimes those staff can push the doctors our way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
4: Good point. A really good
1: point. This book it's not about our work as much as, You know, the friendly things, the happy things that are going on in the lab, things that we think would attract the staff. LinkedIn, I gear that more toward what the doctors would want.
0: Do you get a lot of feedback from LinkedIn?
1: I can get feedback that I really don't want from LinkedIn. (laughs) One time we posted a restoration on there that a doctor from Australia really tore up, up one side and down the other. And I forget what it was about, but then, I mean, it ended up being like a hundred posts on there from different doctors weighing in and some that really liked it. And this one doctor said, well, well, I forget what it was, but you couldn't clean under it, but it was what the patient wanted. We made it a certain way and they would not accept it. So we had to change it, Mm. but it ended up being beautiful. So on LinkedIn, you have to be extremely careful what you post. And be ready to respond to answers or questions or statements. Yeah, social media can be brutal. Brutal. It can be very brutal or it can be very positive, but you have to monitor it. Yeah. So, so what true.
0: about you, Steve? I see you post stuff for your lab all the time, and it's usually just beautiful work. Are you getting any work out of it or any
3: feedback? Thanks, Ellis. That's what we're trying to be better at when uh, somebody's referred to us. How did you come to us? So far, Nobody has said they come yeah. to us because of what they saw on Facebook, and not that we have that many new doctors coming in, but to me, uh, it's just an essential part of your marketing exposure, part of the seven contact rule, or Martha's case, five to 12. That's, that's all we see it as. It's just exposure, uh, an opportunity for exposure, and somebody might see it, and somebody might spread the word. Say, hey, We saw this cool thing on Facebook about Killian, but we have other stuff on there too. More this year, we're beginning to show more of the social side of Killian and uh, some of the, the educational side. Uh, we'll photograph and and put those on Facebook as well. It's not just not just special case. It's experimental at this point. We've only been doing it for about a year and a half, I think, and uh, so the jury's out. But the advice is to keep doing it. So and and doing it the way we are, not just with uh, the technical stuff, but put in the personal stuff, put in the faces and the people and what's going on with you, both in the laboratory or maybe, uh, you know, an an extracurricular stuff that's loosely related with the laboratory. Where where are we going? Where have we been? You know, if we're getting education outside of the laboratory, definitely put that in and maybe uh, stuff even more social and less laboratory related. It's just fun. Getting to know our people and what what they're doing outside of the lab as well. We haven't uh, started doing that, but that's that's on our agenda to put in all kinds of fun stuff, showing what we do as people outside of the lab as well.
0: Absolutely, and it's it's good. You you build a good bond with your employees if you spend some time outside of work with them every now and again.
3: well yes, and then it gives an opportunity for our clients and anybody who wants to see Killing, You know that we're real people, and maybe they want to want to meet us.
1: You know, and on Facebook sometimes.
0: I can't thank enough Steve Killian, Martha Martin, Heather Voss for giving us their thoughts on the topic of advertising. You know, no matter what size your lab is, at some point you're going to be looking for ways to increase business. And I think what I learned from this group is that you just got to get yourself out there in as many different ways as possible. I don't think there's one right way to do it.
2: What I like is all the perspectives of everybody from large lab to a small lab, how everybody's doing things similar, how some of us are doing things completely different, you know, but everybody has their own niche and how they, and how they do it. And I love it. So great information, even though I missed it. Sorry. Yeah, but you're still there in spirit. <laughs> you know, join. I am. Actually. Join us. <laughs>
0: Join us next week. We'll continue part two of the roundtable, and they get more into study clubs and having tables at dentist conferences. So it's pretty interesting. As always, remember, send us an email, info at voicesfromthebench.com. Any uh, topics or anybody wants to be on? I'm getting a lot of emails of people interested in doing the show. I think we got some great topics to record for future episodes. If you're listening to us on an Apple, on your iPhone, uh, go ahead and give us a rating. Uh, you can give us up to five stars. I highly suggest five stars. Don't give us anything less. Just don't listen. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> give us a review on Apple Podcasts, but only if it's going to be five stars. And check out VoicesFromTheBench.com for all the bios of the guests. Show notes. Share with your friends. All right. Again, we appreciate it, and we'll see you all next week. Have a good one. Bye.
4: Listen to the silence.